Happy Friday, and thanks for making through another week with us here on the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I've got to interrupt you. I've I've got to push this button. Here we go. You're listening to a special Billy Campbell episode on the Rocketeer Minute. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Campbell. Geez, you know, I, it, it had been a while, and then I and I thought, oh, it'll be so great to to talk with uh, Al and Jim again, and and there, yeah, I had to push the button. Well, we, and then you had, had to push it, the button. It was, it was there. I just, you know, I, I, uh, it just keeps blinking uh, at me, and just. You'll appreciate this, Ollie. Perhaps uh, very quickly. I got a I got a huge taste of my own medicine uh, last week uh, during during AirVenture, our big uh, annual uh, annual convention here in Oshkosh with uh, the five hundred thousand people and ten thousand airplanes and all that. Uh, one of the things we do during the week is, is there's a volunteer run, uh, sort of fully proper AM FM radio station that sets up on the grounds, mm. and they do news and interviews and sort of what's happening during the show and stuff every time. And I historically. Um, I'm a regular guest at the 7.45 a.m. show with a couple of guys. And me being me over the years, I've just slowly taken over. And uh, I've I've declared it to be my own show, even though I'm really just a guest. No, uh, on that particular segment, I know it's hard to believe. It's, it's hard difficult to, believe. to imagine. A wallflower like you, gotcha. yes, exactly. A shy, retiring sort. Uh, about midway through the week this time, just when they were about to introduce me, somebody pushed a button on me, and this intro starts, and it goes, and it goes, and it goes. It doesn't stop. It is basically like take the 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 Saturday Night Live opening. So the the audience, the the Don Pardo style voiceover, mm-hmm. the uh, the saxophones and things like this. <laughs> But of course, instead of Saturday Night Live, it's the Hal Bryan Show, starring Hal Bryan, and it goes, and it goes. I swear to you, this thing ran for almost three minutes, That's and it's so listing imaginary guests, like a, one of the guests listed was a plate of bacon, and this is happening, and it won't stop. It goes and goes and goes till I'm crying, and it actually ran long enough that I was able to regain my composure and sort of come back around so that after the three-minute mark, I was able to come on and say, yeah, that sounded about right. That was that was wholly adequate for my purposes. And then for the next three or four days, they changed it subtly every day and with different guests and different things. But uh, Bobby Moynihan was always uh, was always a featured player in the opening, which apparently is, is a funny sort of thing. So I've got to tell you, I know just how you feel, except I think I, I, uh, I ate it up perhaps a bit more than you do. You know what? I, d- I do not think I will complain again about the opening. <laughs> if, uh, if you're... If you're, if you're nice to me, I won't send you the MP3, and you can listen to it. <laughs> oh, I actually do want to hear it. I do want to hear it. So I, I will. Uh, I will thrill. send you one of those, and you can you can no, listen to it and imagine imagine my chagrin. Did they, did they play it on Hug Hal Day? I know. There was, <laughs> uh, yes, have... actually, I think it's. If I remember right, it may have started on Hug Hug Hal Day. It may have been the day after, but uh, a... as you've seen, Hug Hal Day has continued uh, at least through Monday with a waitress at a restaurant. So, uh, excusing me, but but. Yes. It begs the question: What is Hug Hal Day? Well, well, Billy, come here, and I'll show you. Come on. <laughs> Easy. Uh, well, back in uh, for Oshkosh, that at Air Venture, uh, we were deciding since Hal had to take a hiatus from uh, from his recording duties on this 
on this particular podcast. Even though that was invisible to the listener because we yeah. record ahead. Didn't miss a day. So, <laughs> uh, But we decided on having Hug Hal Day, and so we announced it on Twitter and on Facebook. And sure enough, there were total... Not total strangers. They knew who Hal was, but yeah. they were coming up and hugging Hal at, uh, at random points in the show. And uh, actually, he got he got little tchotchkes and trinkets along yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. One of my buddies, uh, known as uh, as the workahol or workaholic rather on Twitter, came up to me, and I was just I was just sitting there in my golf cart for a moment. Somebody comes up, and says, "Are you Hal Bryan?" Yes. I have a present for you. And he reaches in his jacket. And I don't know what's going to happen. And he comes out with a uh, with one of the little Rocketeer candy dispensers, the little helmet <laughs> that has, and still had the candy in it, which I've, I've been expressly warned not to eat. And he gave it to me. And then uh, and then he said, well, I guess it's Hug Hal Day, so I suppose we should probably do this. <laughs> so got a picture of us together and everything else. Oh. And uh, it happened several more times throughout the week. That's so. wonderful. That's heartwarming. <laughs> it really is something, isn't it? It's it was amazing to run into people who knew about it. Even our local uh, uh, local sort of AM talk radio station uh, it was a guy that I a host I've listened to in the mornings for several years, but hadn't met him. He recognized me by the uh, the, the nerdy stuff on my golf cart. He mm-hmm. stopped me, said, "Can we do a quick interview about what you do at EA?" Sure. And then we get two minutes into it, he says, let's talk about your podcast. And I'm thinking he's talking about the work one I do for mm. the aviation-related stuff. And he said, you do the Rocketeer Minute, and you've got the star of the movie. Billy Campbell is on this uh, on this podcast frequently. How did this happen? And I sort of look around, um, well, er, this is not really what I'm here to talk about this week. But since you asked, and so we had a nice chat about that. So our, our reputation exceeds us. <laughs> well, um, I'm happy to have been part of it. You're, yes, you've you've uh, you've yes. br- brought the legend even bigger. So yes, <laughs> like it or not, sir, you're along for the ride. Yay! <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know how to segue into this, but we've got to get to minute, minute seventy-five. Is yes. is right here on our laps, right. and uh, we're we're seeing uh, Jenny's back in bed. She climbed out of bed, looked around a bit. She's kind of like uh, the ground. It was kind of Groundhog Day. She kind of, she got out of her bed, looked around, and she had six more weeks of being uh, Neville's prisoner. So she. Goes back into bed, and uh, Neville has come in with his uh, recovery brandy. Well, right. well, first, first, let me say that <clears throat> I know it's not, it's not it, technically, it's not part of this minute. But the, the what do you call the transition into the scene? I remember specifically them having the idea. You know how the Hollywood Hills turn into the the folds of the of the pillows. Oh, right. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah we, uh, which is yeah. We talked about that one a little bit. And, and isn't that just beautiful? And It's beautiful. And, the, and I remember them having the idea and setting it up, and they shot those pillows and her lying on them actually out out in back of the Bulldog Cafe. That was nowhere near the um, wow. the uh, the set of the mansion. Really? So it goes from Valencia yeah. onto so, the set. Wow. Yeah, I, I think, never would have guessed that in a million years. Yeah, I think maybe they, I don't know what it was, maybe they, maybe we had already shot the that stuff before uh, the Bulldog Cafe and, and were out of those sets. But then they set up uh, a little uh, alcove and lit it properly and shot Jennifer... Uh, sleeping on the pillows and i remember them i remember them arranging the pillows so that they would they had sort of a video still of uh, the hollywood hills and they arranged the pillows to to make that transition oh and i've i've scrolled back to minute uh, 73 yeah it is okay that that one there's one tight shot you can't see where she is or what mm-hmm. she's doing so they must have just thrown the gown in the bed yeah. and uh, yeah, thrown the, bound, the, the gown in the truck and t- taken yeah. it up to Valencia yeah. here, put this on, get yeah. some lipstick on you, and <laughs> off we go. Yeah. 
That's one of those things that's such a subtle thing and such a nice touch, but you can just see the time and effort it took to set it up. And uh, you'd have to be really confident in that idea that it was, you know, that it was sort of worth doing because you see people fussing and say, no, 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 the mountains are shaped like this, not like that. and This isn't going to line up right. And we'd be fussing with, with, with uh, the sheets and the pillows and everything. It's, uh, it, it's something that you you would notice if that transition was more abrupt, but you don't necessarily sit in the theater and say, oh, cool, the mountains line up with the sheets. But it's such a lovely little touch. It really is. Yeah, it's it's right up there with the uh, the Paramount Mountain in uh, yes, Indiana exactly. Jones. With the gong or, or whatever other uh, other transition they would use. Yeah. I just, you know, it, it finally hit me what, what the pillars have reminded me of. We were talking yesterday about concrete pillars and, and those, those uh, mosaics. But it looks a lot like having having many daughters in my family. Uh, they look like a Pandora chain that you have to <laughs> you have to buy the individual uh, charm bracelets, which kind of matches up with the charm that Jenny's wearing. Those uh, uh, the the orange little, tra- little airplane Rubik's and cube all looking. Stuff. Yeah, but, uh, this was well before the uh, Pandora craze took off. About a decade later. What what uh, what, what is the um, now I know what hug Hal does. Uh, I, I really need to know. <laughs> okay. I need to know what the Pandora. Well. <laughs> Pandora is a uh, it's it's a big thing if you if you have girls who were in high school about ten years ago, Pandora was a uh, a bracelet company that sold in uh, shopping malls in uh, America and Western Europe. The these little they're little little cubes and they have a they have a hole through them and you can thread them onto uh, onto necklaces or, or bracelets and they and and the bracelets come and they're like limited edition. It's kind of like Pogs or anything else. There's like a limited edition of these different shaped cubes. And uh, they're added onto uh, onto uh, onto a bracelet, and uh, kind of a large version of that would be that pillar. If you can imagine that gotcha. wrapped around somebody's uh, somebody's arm, that's that's what it's like. Gotcha. And and now, as I understand, the Pandora things are really much more like a sort of a slightly modernized version of the old classic charm bracelets. Just like you know, you do see Pandora right. charms with like, different. Like, you get exclusive yeah. ones at different places and things like that. And actually, a couple of people were asking us. Uh, last week, do you have a Pandora charm for your your big air show? It's not something that we have, but who knows? Wow, see that's yeah, and probably when they come out, if they come out with it, it'll be just in time that the craze will be over. Yes, exactly. This, so this you're familiar with how we go. work, then? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we are a nonprofit, uh, always about a week behind the cutting edge. Wow. Wait, but do you actually have ten thousand airplanes at the ten to twelve thousand? Yes, so Holy that that come in for it. Moly. It is pretty amazing. It's pretty spectacular to see. Well, no wonder you and had about, to disappear. Yes, about 3,000 of them are, are sort of show airplanes that fit into one category or other, and then the others are, you know, sort of in the parking lot. Uh, people fly in and camp under the wing and then and then come to see the rest of the show. So wow. It's pretty remarkable. I have to experience that someday. I believe you do, and I uh, and I believe we have uh, we have a small job for you whenever you decide you can work that out, <laughs> my friend. I don't Come know if out I'll and... fit into the Jodfers uh, anymore, but uh, <laughs> well, wait. I have a helmet you can borrow. We can try. <laughs> you need to work on getting uh, getting the, the folks who are writing Cardinal to uh, to put in an international incident that happens just over the border in Wisconsin, and you need to go exactly. find the murder at an air show. And... Yes, yes. So I say with an airplane. Let's throw in an airplane. <laughs> and we're good but we dearly love to have you out uh, next time we uh, we screen the rocketeer like i said last time was maybe five years ago or so and uh, i was asked with about five minutes lead time uh, if i could come up and introduce it and i was out of my way <laughs> yes everybody move <laughs> the uh, the guy who was tapped to introduce it just realized i've never seen the movie i don't know anything about it and somebody said this sounds like a job for hell <laughs> so, so up i went and let's just all assume that i killed it 
on uh, stage. Can I we just assume that? I assume that you killed it for sure. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, speaking of putting everybody in a dead faint, this is a... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, there's a segue, I tried, Jim. I tried, but you always find your way back. We're, we're watching. Really well done. We're well done, Jim. I'm, 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 I'm trying to keep up. There's, there's not that many episodes left, so I've got to work all these in where I can. Right. We're watching uh, as we talked with uh, Doctor Delemba on uh, on Wednesday. <laughs> it's, it provided that Jenny's heart didn't stop from all that chloroform. Uh, <laughs> that was enough to drop her in five seconds. Whatever was in that bottle of smelling salts. <laughs> Just to restart her heart and get her up and around. Well, which is interesting, too, because, you know, she's feigning being unconscious at this point. Yeah. So that means she's having to pretend not to, you know, or not to smell this stuff, Mm. which uh, I did a bit of reading on smelling salts. It's usually an ammonium carbonate and water. It's basically, you're just basically smelling ammonia. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so. it's been around forever, the 13th century and, and things have been around. What I, what surprised me is this seemed like one of those old tropes, like, you know, like make me a bromo and, and, and things like that, that was sort of out of favor. But what I didn't realize is that uh, like pe- players in the NFL and stuff still use them as stimulants. And they, they think that's the thing that sort of gets them, you know, sort of charged up and, and ready to go. So I, I guess they'll try anything. And it, we hear that in lifting and hockey as well. I have seen this in, in the world of boxing. Um, my dad used to take me to Golden Gloves matches, and one of the things that they always that the, the side guys had in their kit was a thing of smelling salts, just to make sure they could wake wake up whoever got clonked on the head and see how you know how they were reacting. You just needed them around to respond like how many fingers, but first you got to wake them up. And chloroform and, for those of us. Uh, what, what exactly is it? I've never known. Uh, chloroform is a it's it's a form of ether. It's a trimethyl. Trichloral methane is the is, is the uh, chemical term for it. It's uh, mostly used in movies. Well, about a hundred years ago, chloroform was a common thing. They would drip it on top of a uh, like a funnel. They put it over your they put a, a, a cloth funnel over your face and drip it slowly so that you'd have a certain percentage of the air would be full of this ether, and then that would knock you out. It's generally not used nowadays because one, it's very difficult to uh, administer on an even basis, and uh, it's also com- very flammable. I mean, it's ether, so it's very explosive. <laughs> and uh, the other part of it is, is that it sometimes puts you out forever. So it's just not a not a good idea. Most things nowadays are done like, you know, fentanyl and stuff like that. It's all intravenous. It's a little bit easier to control. So, Jim, we will not be publishing a recipe for making your own chloroform on the Rocket <laughs> No, no, no. Com. They'll have to look that up on the internet like everybody else. Yes, <laughs> find it yourself. <laughs> You know, you feel for Jenny here because she's been knocked out with chloroform, you know, and she, she's woken up and now she's got to pretend she's not. Then she's inhaling ammonia. We said yesterday, I can't imagine anything I'd, I'd, I'd rather have less after being conked out with chloroform than some brandy. But today I realize I, I would rather have the brandy than the breathing the ammonia. Yeah. There's nothing, <laughs> but I, I, nothing, what's going on in her system? Here's chloroform. Here's some ammonia. Now have some brandy uh, while you're at it. Uh, <laughs> you know, then go in the garage and start the car. I don't know what else. Yes, what else? Diesel fumes might help. Girl. You know, it just, yes. uh, it's just uh, it's difficult. And she doesn't actually drink it. If you watch this thing, she just kind of holds it in her hand and it's like, oh, I'm not drinking this. No way. Right. No. She's smarter than that. She's luckily. too smart for yeah. that. Yeah, she's that old chestnut. <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> uh, you know, I watch I watch Timothy Dalton in this, and I really just want to go get out the scissors and cut my, cut myself a uh, a Neville Sinclair mustache. I've my my push <laughs> oh. my push broom needs to be just modified. So that <laughs> he is just delightful in this part. I marvel at his performance every time I see it. I really think it's the best thing of many 
lovely things he's done, but really the best. Uh, he just was, uh, I agree. He just ate it up. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Well, and it's amazing in this scene because he's exposed himself to her as a villain with the, mm-hmm. the chloroform and everything else. But as she comes to and he's explaining he's being blackmailed, he's a victim too. He still, he still has, he thinks he has a chance at maintaining the fiction yeah. and, uh, and sort of, you know, staying, keeping some sort of good position in her eyes. And, you know, certainly keeping his career going uh, as the number three box office star in America or number three joik, if you prefer. <laughs> number three jerk! <laughs> and, you know, he's big without, as the, as the fellow says in that, uh, that, uh, that uh, article I sent you, Jim. Yeah. Uh, he's big without being over the top. Do you know? He, he, yeah. He, he doesn't have to twirl the mustache. He just gets no, to be no. that... Just riding that line, he has that like Darth just, Vader quality about him. Just kind of hits a home run. Yeah, yeah. He's so, and it you could tell he he. I'm sure he was having a lot of fun with this. I mean, when you were working with him, it seems like he he was just eating it up. It just it it it's such a great role to have. He really did seem like he was having a gas, absolute gas. I think he hadn't he come off of Bond. Yeah, he was just um, just finishing up Bond, and it was like, that's or actually, right. yeah, he, yeah, he might even the, the second this, one had, had come out fairly recently. Yeah. And, I think so. I, I recall him. You know, I did, I never wanted to be too much of a fanboy, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I I had a momentary conversation with him about Bond, and I I just remember him seeming disappointed, and I, I can't remember exactly why. But the, the impression I got was that he was he was just delighted to be able to to, to play this part. Yeah, it uh, it's it shows. A, it, it really is. Good. And I, I from what I've talked with other actors, the it seems like the villain roles are more fun to do. That you get to be uh, now in your in your career. Have you been mostly the good guy or bad guy or what, what's what what's your ratio? Oh, have you I, been tracking that at of, all or? Um, I sort of uh, t- made a transition, actually. Um, the uh, with the uh, the film I did with uh, Jay Lowe. Oh yeah, yeah, the um, enough, yeah. And that was really the first time anyone ever let me play an out and out uh, sort of bad guy, and and then nobody had a problem with me being a bad guy after that. And yes, I would concur with that sort of notion that that it's it's more enjoyable to play bad guys because. I think simply there are kind of more options yeah. <laughs> when you're a bad guy. You know, a bad guy can pretend to be a good guy, but a good guy is basically just a good guy. You know, he doesn't uh, yeah. have as much. Uh, there aren't as many uh, options for behavior. I have to tell. I have to tell. You, I saw. I hadn't seen enough until <laughs> until about uh, two or three weeks ago. I got it. I, I got it out and watched. Watch you were a really bad guy, and I have to. Like, you were just an absolute <laughs> yeah. rat, and it was. Yeah, uh, you were the number one joint yeah. in that movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was so fun because uh, because uh, at that point in time, I was uh, I was playing the world's most uh, sickeningly perfect boyfriend on Once and Again, and which was a wonderful show, but. He was kind of too perfect. They really didn't, honestly, uh, even as one of the producers admitted to me later, they really didn't know what to do uh, with him. But uh, I got the job in enough during Once and Again. And I was just, I felt like Timothy must have felt doing this in The Rocketeer. I just had a field day. I just had a great time. It was so much fun. Everything about it was so much fun. I don't think I ever set foot in my trailer except to put a (laughs) 
put a costume on. I I was just sitting in a chair on set by the camera the whole time. But in fairness, that's pretty much my mo. Yeah, I I had a I had a wonderful time. Yeah, no, I, a wonderful time. I, I can I can imagine the last fight scene in that thing must have just been yeah, head over heels, literally head over heels. But it just oh, it was pretty. Uh, it was a lot of fun. They let me. Do they let us do most of our own stuff? Wow. Uh, in fact, all of it uh, except the you know the backward fall into the glass table, yeah. um, which I had no desire to do. <laughs> but uh, Jan and I did nearly everything, as far as I recall. There were a few. I mean, she's a tough gal. Yeah, she's got some. She's a dancer, and she's got some uh, ziz to yes, her. Absolutely. To her and. Uh, yeah. She's just been fantastic uh, recently in uh, Shades of Blue. Uh, I, I, don't, I haven't seen haven't seen that, but it's uh, oh, it's it's uh, it's terrific. It's a it's a police drama, and it's it's one of those shows. It's it's full of antiheroes, and mm. the best person on the show is the one you can relate to the most is the cop who's only mostly corrupt, <laughs> and it sort of goes downhill from there. So what's okay. sort of you know the point of view where everybody's yeah. sort of it's all the cops and they're all sort of dirty and everybody's doing their best. And you've got these just incredibly haggard and wild-eyed Ray Liotta uh, playing opposite Jennifer Lopez. Oh, and, I love Ray Liotta. Oh, me too. And the two of them together, my God, you're just, there isn't even room on the screen for both of them. You know, I've certainly seen her in films I know a little bit more as a singer and from, uh, what was it, American Idol? Was that the show that she judged on? I think so. One of, one of the music competitions. Yeah. So you sort of see her there. Yeah. You forget what an actress she is. She was great. I think her best performance, um, uh, I mean, uh, of the ones I've seen, uh, was with Clooney in maybe that was her first film, was it? Um, uh, she did. She did Selena. I remember seeing it. Oh yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Yeah, that was. Really I, I, something. I I really liked her in in Selena. She did a great job in that. Oh, who uh, would go see that? That's such yeah. a girls movie yes. yeah, I, no, Jim's I uh, daughter I, drug him to yeah, see that that's what, actually, she, actually my daughter my daughter I think had that, had that movie memorized she, <laughs> she, she loved, loved that film but uh, it was it, you know she's just, just fantastic and she really knows how to, how to pick good parts and again you have another good movie with a Jennifer so there you go yep. it, yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> well done yeah, and well, Jennifer, in this movie, there's in this my movie? segue. Which yeah, is oh, well, okay. There well you go. played, that sir. Was, that well was played. pretty good. That was, was not too jagged a line. There we go. Gosh, I, someday I want to write a book just so I can have Timothy Dalton narrate it. He's yes. got, he does have that voice. Tones. But, you know, it's. It, I don't think we're the types of guys, Jim, that would, uh, that would harp on it or bring it up if there was. But honestly, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a bad performance in this movie. You know, the, I mean, Lisa right. Peterson gives one line badly, but that's on and purpose. She, she does a great job. She does a perfect do, yeah. job of doing no, of think, being uh, a bad actress, and then she but nails then it the second time. She does a great job of doing it well. So, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I think all and of the so, casting is is really is just pitch perfect. I, and I just, of course, it's it's gone out of my head who the casting director was for this movie, but uh, Billy would know. I think. Uh, uh, I can't. I remember it was Junie Taylor at uh, Star Trek, but I don't Junie, know. Junie Lowry. Junie Lowry, uh, yeah. At, um, at Star Trek, but I cannot remember um, who the casting director was. You, even as we speak, I have a feeling that Hal is probably looking at Typing his quietly, IMDb. <laughs> play for time. Oh, Billy, but, vamp a moment. Uh, well, let me <laughs> Almost think. there. What, what was your favorite item at the uh, craft table? Did you have the, the sandwiches with the crust cut off? or You know, usually it's raisinets. If there are raisinets on the table, that's my Achilles, Achilles wow. heel. 
Um, really? And, now, and do you have I that will, in a writer? No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't do the writer thing. I just, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, eat with the the peons. No, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, raisinets. If raisinets are on the table, then I'm, I'm. Uh, it's all over. I mean, I, wow. I'll make an effort to stay away from them, but uh, then I will awaken and discover myself at the table with my fist <laughs> in my mouth and uh, raisinets falling down my throat. <laughs> Uh, it's just and somebody that. yelling you about missing the call. Yeah. So yeah. I will. I will drop in the, uh, the. The name is Nancy Foy. I was, was just there. Nancy Foy. I was just clicking on Nancy Foy and ready to say, you know, well, I bet uh, Nancy <laughs> Foy wouldn't have uh, put up with that on the Rocketeer or something. <laughs> Some sort of segue, as if we just knew it off the top of our heads. But well done, Jim. Ah, uh, quick, quick typing fingers. That's <laughs> yes, indeed. And she was. Well, she's got an incredible background of loading up really good movies. She did Jumanji immediately after the Rocketeer. Actually, or just a couple of years after. That makes sense. Another Joe Johnston and, uh, film. Yes, and you also know, there's o- a, uh, an October Sky. And so she was. She's she's the go to the, the go to caster for uh, for Joe Johnston movies. Oh, that's what I meant to do, and I have I've, I meant to do in the last couple of weeks to watch uh, October Sky, but I forgot to do it. Ah. I'll get round to it. Uh, That's well did you get to watch? Well did done. you get to watch uh, Rocketeer again? No, not sense? yet. Not okay. yet. I have it on. on the way. I have the wonderful Blu-ray that you guys sent me, uh, signed no. by the way. No. Uh, <laughs> now you may want to get another copy. You probably don't want to risk damaging that one uh, by putting it in the player. As uh, you know, Jim and I don't sign a lot of things, as a matter of course. So, so by virtue of scarcity, you know, one uh, one never knows. Well, well, I just, yeah, yeah, she's quite a wow. I would like to have had her. Her career was a great career. That's fantastic, yeah, and she's still going. So, uh, and you know, Jim. Quickly speaking of Jumanji, we've talked about uh, hopefully booking uh, an old and dear friend of mine, Peter Zink, on the show, uh, who's in the prop business and uh, we're currently working on uh, Amazon's The Man in the High Castle. But he worked on uh, on Jumanji, and we ended up with uh, a number of sort of screen used things uh, from uh, from the movie in our collection that hmm. we had sort of bought and sold for a while. But you never know who knows whom. I, I have a question about uh, about this particular scene that we're looking at when the, the, two, the two shots here with, with Timothy Dalton and Jennifer, uh, pretty much as close face-to-face as you can get. When you're doing camera work, that close are you very aware of your elbows and stuff i would think that you've got a like a panavision camera hovering six inches off your uh, off your left shoulder that must be kind of nerve-wracking when you're when you're you mean when, when, the... when they're shooting I, I this looks i mean it looks kind of tight I, i'm assuming that they're not zoomed in this this yeah. seems it seems like they're trying to do go for shallow focus and stuff yeah so you kind of get used to it. I mean, I've been in situations where I was so, uh, the camera was so close that I was actually, part of my arm or hand was sort of holding the camera or holding the cameraman <laughs> to keep <laughs> myself at, at a certain distance from the lens. Uh, in fact, I was just doing that last night in a insert of, of wow. uh, Cardinal uh, using a cell phone. And so the uh, camera operator actually had his hand was holding my wrist. My hand was holding the uh, cell phone. And we were all sort of locked there in a cinematic. Uh, <laughs> just waiting. Yeah. Waiting for the magic hour and just <laughs> yeah. don't, don't call yet. Don't call yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, showbiz. It can be. Um, it's funny. I remember doing a film with uh, Ricky Gervais. He's so bloody funny 
that <laughs> it's very, very difficult, very difficult not to laugh, even when you're off camera, which is, of course, you should desperately try not to do because uh, ruining somebody's take is just about the worst thing you can do on a on a film set. But I was... They were shooting Ricky's uh, close-up, and uh, the cameraman was sitting on the couch with uh, the camera, and I was sitting just off camera, very tight, with my head resting on the cameraman's shoulder. <laughs> the gal, I can't remember her name. I've worked with her a couple of times. The, the Naked Truth the sitcom. Uh... Anyway, she was sitting on the couch behind me with her head on my shoulder, and then... <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of Ricky's take, I I felt this humping on my shoulder, and it was <laughs> her, and she was laughing, trying not to laugh because Ricky Tia was Leone. so uh, Tia Leone. She yeah. was oh, trying wow. not. To, she was trying not to laugh because Ricky was so funny, and then of course I started trying not to laugh and then i'm kind of humping the cameraman's shoulder and then he went and the whole thing was <laughs> oh, over geez. with because once yeah. he starts vibrate once yeah. he starts vibrating the camera yeah. you know the shot is ruined so, but at uh, least at that point it's not your fault right no, so no, no. <laughs> yeah it wasn't my fault she started it and could you ask uh, Taya Leona be, to be on the show just so i can tell her i, I really like her a lot <laughs> would that would that be wrong that, that would, would not yeah. be wrong Okay. Some, when you can do when you do the ghost town minute, that's there when you go. can, that, or that's the Madam I'm... Secretary minute, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me it was Deep Impact that uh, oh, yeah. that really sort of cemented her for me. That's right. Well, one of these days we've got to get back to talking about the Rocketeer, but hey, it's, we keep uh, circling it's, back. We do, we do. It's all it, it's all there. Um, I had a I had a friend of mine who was making a horror movie. He had this was out of like film school, and he had you know shot everything on Bell and Hal sixteen millimeter cameras, and he moved up to Panavision in his first feature film. And so he had these giant Panavision cameras, and he had hired a guy that had done all the special effects for for his college movies, and had the guy come in and said, "Well, we're going to have a riot, and we're going to have you know, we're going to start throwing tomatoes, and I want to have somebody throw a tomato right at the right at the camera, so we got a good picture of that." And the camera operator stood up and said, "That is a sixty thousand dollars super Panavision." <laughs> camera you are not going to be throwing anything near my camera so they they uh they redesigned the the scene so it was less uh intersectional yeah, so, yeah don't don't mess with don't mess with rented equipment anyway we were we were kind of here at the at the very end of the movie ending with uh with poor jenny making a half a half a closed eye and on the very last frame of this film this is definitely at a different time because her sty isn't there so which is that's right Yes. It's nice and clear. But the dimple in Timothy Dalton's chin remains. Yes. yes. Yes, it always does. Just just so perfect, too. It's uh, We should all be so lucky. Yeah. Although, you know, Billy, it was funny. I read uh, a review somewhere on Cardinal. We might have mentioned this before, but it was talking about how how your scruffy beard just barely manages to tone down your staggering movie star good looks. So uh, enough to sort of make you believable as, a, as an actual human being. I so. read that, and I, I, I found it just as mortifying as my intro on the Rocketeer Minute. Well, good. Wow. We're, we're consistent now, are, then. Are for, for, for season two, are you less scruffy, more scruffy, or same level of scruff? Same a, level of scruff. Same okay. level. Okay. Uh, but I'm got, I've, I've, I'm lobbying to be even scruffier in the third season. Oh, okay. Just uh, downright unkempt. Yes. So yeah. I, just, just promise me no well, mullet. No, there will never be a mullet. You will never see a mullet on this head. 
ever. <laughs> Thank ever. goodness. I think, Either I think we can all sleep well tonight. In front of the camera, off camera, or anywhere else. In this life I'm or the next, you, they, there will never be a mullet. They, they've got all those Mad Max movies, and you know it. You can get on a good franchise there. It's it not just. <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh wow well let's uh let's pick up uh next week we'll we'll look some more at uh at uh dear old neville's uh beautiful mansion and his his upstairs uh, architecture and stuff but we'll, we'll talk about that a bit more uh and wh- who knows uh billy may join us as he he's finishing up his series in in canada so watch for it uh when is it when is it coming out in uh on the world screen I Do you don't know have any that idea? info yet i don't know okay. i don't know no i don't know i can't I shouldn't even okay. try to guess Okay, so well, anyway, if you're if you're in Canada, keep keep watching Canadian television, and if you're in uh, uh, if you're in England, uh, please watch the BBC. Some sometime eventually, season two will show up, and uh, and you'll get it in whatever format it comes out. But keep looking. If you haven't seen season one yet, please go check back because it's really it's stunning to watch. I I watched it again last week, and it it holds up very well on a, on a review. That's I, good. I enjoyed That's it good. a lot. Um, and it, the, I have to tell you the, the high school scene where, you know, you're in the lower levels with a continuous shot that really, it's, it's very good. And it really makes me seasick, but it's very, <laughs> it's a very, very good shot. Great stuff there. But, uh, let's, let's pick all the, uh, the Rocketeer parts. We'll get back to 1938 next week. Please, if you have conversation that we're missing that we have, uh, <laughs> That we, if you're if you're going to talk to us more about asking what's going on in the Rocketeer, you can tell you can tell us about what we're missing on uh, several different social media. Find us on Twitter at Rocketeer Minute. Find us on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash Rocketeer Minute. Go to the big site RocketeerMinute.com, and you can get all these previous episodes all caught up. And we also have summaries and pictures and uh, bios of our guests and stuff. It's all out there. So check it out, RocketeerMinute.com. You can find me on and, the Twitter thing that I never. Check uh, <laughs> at what is it? W O Campbell. W O Campbell. William Oliver Campbell's out there. W O Campbell on Twitter. So uh, and he's usually linking to us every time That's we have right. him on. He, he seems to retweet our show. We're very God grateful for that. for that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, William Oliver Campbell. Have you ever considered running for president? Because that's a very presidential I, name. You know what? Only lately have I considered <laughs> running for president. And there's a, I'm telling you, you get that you get that picture of you with the flag on the roof yes, of the, exactly. uh, the Griffith Observatory. Yeah. It it just screams uh, America. I never, really felt, I never before felt that I could could that I would had qualified to think that I would be able to do any kind of a job as president until until recently. Well, I know a couple it's, of guys who are uh, ready to sign up to be in the cabinet. So, <laughs> Campbell 2020, you heard it here first. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. Well, we'll see. We can't. We can't. We'll have to give equal time to everybody else that's on on the other movies. So, uh, we'll 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 find out what's going to happen next week. But, but please join us here. Oh, and don't forget iTunes, uh, Google Play, and leave us a review on iTunes. That always helps. Uh, just look for Rocketeer Minute and hit subscribe, and you'll get more of this stuff just spilling out of your radios and iPods uh, at a touch of a button. So we will talk with you all tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, but Monday. We'll see you all. Have a great weekend and uh, join us here next week on the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out. Over and out, boys. Get him, kid.